FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. We are rocking the Casbah here on the morning drive on WVMT. We're back. And joining us in studio is Emerson Lynn. Good morning, Emerson. Good morning. How are you? And first of all, to the listeners, I said as we went to the break, Governor Scott's up next. Uh, but no, Governor Scott's on at 8 o'clock. My mistake. Sorry. Uh, so we're, but we're delighted to have Emerson here now to talk about a number of issues. And of course, he writes uh, lots of columns uh, in the St. Albans Messenger. And I've read uh, most of them. Let's talk first, Emerson, about the hiring. You know, Dan French, Education Secretary of Education for Vermont, is stepping down. Uh, and uh, the governor is looking for a new secretary of education. Uh, how important is this? I think it's critical right now. It's it's kind of one of those not talked about stories in terms of uh, the importance of it, what we have facing us, uh, what's happened. Uh, you know, small things, but actually not small things. You have to keep in mind that, for for example, uh, in Vermont. We haven't had any state aid to for construction for our schools since the year 2007. And right. that's a long time to allow schools to deteriorate. And we just haven't had any, any money to, you know, allocated to or appropriated to fix them up. And uh, it's been falling completely to communities as we see now in Burlington. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, when you're trying to make up that much time, uh, you really have to have somebody at the, at the helm uh, that knows how to lead. And add to that uh, the PCB problem with, with schools, uh, where, you know, not only are you looking at schools that need help in terms of just deferred maintenance, but you're looking at schools that potentially have to, uh, you know, a lot of construction needs to take care of the PCBs, which is a, a completely different issue, but still one that complicates this. And then, you know, let's, let's remember in Vermont, uh, we were a state that really held uh, that high, that gold standard for education. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anybody out there right now that, that uh, contends that's still where we are. Uh, we've slipped a couple of notches in terms of our test scores and, and a lot of other things that and, people use to guide uh, their educational and what choices. And what do you attribute that to, Emerson? You know, I think that you can't you can't really deal with this issue without talking about leadership uh, right now, and and that's kind of why you know you're you're looking for somebody now in education where you this isn't a passive thing. Yeah, you need somebody in there who's dynamic, um, and you know you have Heather Boucher that's in there now that's kind of taking over from from Dan French, uh, but I think the obligation of the governor is to you know do a national search. Uh, to see who the best that you can get is, uh, because that's what's going to be required. You need somebody there who really can lead, really dynamic, uh, really understands the data, really understands and supports public education. Uh, And, you know, let's also remember that we've lost roughly 30,000 students since the peak enrollment, uh, roughly the 1980s. That's that's 25% of of our student education. And that kind of you know, goes all the way down. Right. Uh, you know, if you if you if you have twenty five thousand, thirty thousand fewer students, that means you have that many fewer people going into the workforce. That you know, same thing with going into to higher education has a huge ripple effect. Huge ripple effect. What do you think the? Um, I I I find that, uh, and I there's a debate there, but 
I think somebody that's running the education department needs to be able to stand up and say, you know, they're tasked with so many human services requirements now that they're almost an arm of the human service agency, to be honest with you. It seems like 50% of the, a lot of the teachers I know, 50% of their time is more, is less about teaching and more about HHS stuff. I mean, do, do, do you ever see um, even maybe a combination of the two departments at the rate we're going? Well, I, I, you know, obviously the mental health is a vital part of any yeah. educational system because if you don't have good mental health, you don't have good good education. Uh, but, you know, this is, all gets back to, it's like the agency of, of uh, education right now. They're still down a number of vital uh, appointments. Uh, you know, they're, they're working short-staffed. And so you really don't have uh, this effort really, you know, fully staffed the way that it should be staffed. Uh, and the attention lacks. And so, you know, this is all part of leadership. You know, got to have this put in place. We're talking to columnist Emerson Lynn. And if you have a question for Emerson, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888 And Emerson, as you mentioned also in regard to the hiring of a new education secretary and the, the, some of these data or numbers are ticking down the wrong way, the PCB issue. Um, and, of course, you, you wrote an article about the fact that, you know, there's a number of lawsuits against Monsanto, and the attorney general has written an article about, uh, you know, the lawsuit against Monsanto, but you have contended in an article you wrote that good luck with this lawsuit against Monsanto. Well, good, yes, for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, we set this, a standard that was you know lower than anybody else's in the country, and we're the only state in the country to even have a program like this. So, you know, Monsanto's retort to this is you've kind of created the problem. You know, how do you think that you're going to be able to sue and you know, sue us and get money for something that you've created, uh, which is an honest point. Uh, and I think all of us also know, as well as the attorney general, that you can sue Monsanto uh, and maybe you get something uh, out of them, but it's going to be. Not as much as you need, number one. And number two, it's going to be a long way down the road. Well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Emerson. Um, thank you for your column. been following you. But I, I have a question for you. Now with, with this education thing, do you, now that we know how corrupt Black Lives Matter is, can we go back and having American flags only in schools? Thank you. You know, I, this is, uh, I have to be, I kind of argue with the person who sent in the question. I do think that Black Lives Matter uh, was very important. Uh, and I don't think that the issues of flags in the school and only being an American flag is really an issue right now. Um, Emerson, with the research that you've looked into in regard to the PCB issue, um, how many schools do you anticipate will fall into this problem with PCBs? You know, Kurt, I have no idea. But, you know, the people that I talk to uh, look at this and see a full, you know, pick your number. Let's just say that you have 10% of our schools that, that have a problem to the extent that Burlington had a problem. 
you're looking at a major, major issue. And that's kind of, you know, that's why the legislature tried to put this off uh, by, you know, <laughs> let's, let's figure out what the dollars are and who's going to pay this before we step too far down this road. Because a lot of schools, a lot of, a lot of state buildings were built in that time period. Absolutely. And that's really what it's coming down to. Absolutely. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, guys. I haven't followed the state's lawsuit against Monsanto all that closely, but I do know that Monsanto has settled with other states on this same issue. So I'm wondering if Emerson thinks that perhaps um, the AG filed this lawsuit, sort of assuming that Monsanto will settle at some point for something, which is certainly better than nothing. And they certainly might. Uh, you know, nobody can really predict uh, what's going to happen. But I don't think any other states have settled with Monsanto on this particular case of PCBs in schools. And, of course, Vermont has a different situation than some other state, too, with uh, with what our standard was. Different than anywhere else in the United States, right? Exactly. I mean, we're at a fraction of uh, what the EPA considers to be harmful. Right. Right. Uh, so, so we're talking about a major expenditure, and uh, if 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 anything, it's going to be years down the road if we get anything ever from Monsanto. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a drive on FM ninety six three and AM six twenty News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and in studio with us, Emerson Lynn, columnist from the St. Albans Messenger. If you've got a question for Emerson, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Um, Emerson, let's talk a little bit of health care right now. Obviously, that is a monster issue in Vermont. Huge issue. It's 20% of the state's GDP, so it's huge. Uh, what, do you, what do you see as the current landscape in Vermont? I know that there's... There are still some in the legislature who would like to go back and revisit the, of course, the what was Governor Shumlin had to pull the plug on, which is single payer. There are some in the legislature would still like to go back to that. Where do we stand right now? What's the biggest problem, would you say? The biggest problem? Easy. Costs. Uh, You know, what's interesting about it is that you, you know, you're looking at something. These are all well-meaning people, uh, but they've got a really difficult uh, situation that they're that they've got in front of them. You've got the Green Mountain Care Board, and they're the regulators, but they don't really have any policy controls. You know what they they can't set policy. They can't guide the ship really. What they can say is that uh, you know you you ask for a budget amount, and they can say yes or they can say no. Uh, and you know thus far we've had uh, we've had the Green Mountain Care Board rule on uh, rates for our insurers, MVP and Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, and those are real costs for people. Uh, mm-hmm. They are the averages that are being reported are you know, double digit. You're looking at thirteen to fifteen percent uh, for small groups and individuals. Uh, and it's kind of the rule of seventy two. Uh, you know, <laughs> your costs double seven percent over a decade. Uh, and so people look at this and they go, you know, project out a little bit. How how is it that we're going to pay this bill? Uh, and the you know the reality of it is is that when you raise people's premiums, uh, they have to make judgments on how they how they spend their time with healthcare or spend their money. Uh, you know there are a lot of people that just say I can't afford. I mean what the, what happens with with healthcare is that if your insurance premiums go up, then you often elect to go to a, a lesser plan. Uh, 
Right. You go to a lesser plan, uh, your deductibles go up. Uh, your deductibles go up, uh, that's money out of your pocket, and you decide, you know, maybe I can put off what I, you know, shouldn't put off. Right, and now you've you've hurt yourself in regard to your own personal health care. Well, yeah, and, and then that compounds because, you know, you don't get away from it. Uh, if you don't do something this year, it just means that you're going to have to do it next, and it could be worse. So you've got the, the health insurance on one end, and then you've now uh, Green Mountain Care Board is about to deal with hospitals. And you have, out of the 14 hospitals, you have two that have put in budgets less than what the Green Mountain Care Board recommended, which is an 8.6% increase over two years. And so you've got 12 uh, that go anywhere from uh, about 10% uh, increase to Porter Hospital, looking at over 28%. Uh, you're looking at the UVM Medical Center that's looking at roughly 24%. And those are mind-boggling numbers oh, yeah. uh, for people. Uh, and you know in advance, obviously, that, that you don't have uh, the Green Mountain Care Board that's going to uh, look at the health insurance companies and going to cut. You know, they didn't get everything that they asked for. Well, if they didn't get everything that they asked for, obviously the Green Mountain Care Board's not going to give hospitals everything they've asked for. And so you've got a real come-to-Jesus uh, time with with hospitals and the Green Mountain Care Board. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. I'm going to go back a little ways, guys. Uh, I drive by Winooski High School uh, quite often. I do notice the flags flying in front of the school, and I think it just helps to sow division because it divides us. And I think that's the point as much as anything. There's nothing. Is there anything really wrong? No, but it kind of just keeps that divisional aspect going with the Black Lives Matter, the gay pride. You know, we're Americans. We're all Americans, and that's that's all I have to say. Thanks. All right. Um, Emerson, I don't think you, nothing there. Um, so I do want to get back real quickly yeah. on the, on the healthcare thing. So Porter hospital, you brought that one up with 24, 23%, 28%, 28%, but Porter was taken over by UVM. Why can't we just say UVM is, is running all these hospitals, but they're pretending to independently say, well, this one, we need more money for this or that. I mean, let's be honest. There's one big conglomerate that is trying to manage and and move around Vermont, and they, they the Green Mountain Care Board does help them in some aspects. Where you know the smaller independents, say in St. Albans or Morrisville, are trying to just survive because they have this battle royale. Uh, and I, the only my my point of reference is my neighbor used to work at the MRI department in St. Albans. Uh, nights and weekends, and the Green Mountain Care Board said, no, we're shutting you down, and we force everybody to go to UVM, which costs three times more than this hospital in St. Albans. Yeah, you're going to have examples like this all the way through. Uh, you know, I, what's interesting to me right now is that, you know, we're talking about hospitals, mm-hmm. we're talking about insurers, and we're talking about the Green Mountain Care Board, but there's a fourth there's a fourth element out there right now that I think is pretty interesting, and that's uh, our ACO, uh, One Care Vermont. And what 
yesterday, for example, uh, the feds came out with their report uh, summarizing the, the first four years of the ACO's uh, record. And it was very interesting. Uh, and basically what they ended up uh, saying is that they think that the or this independent evaluation uh, by the feds uh, said that, look, this is a, a program that's actually working. Uh, we've had four years of it now that, that we're looking at. And frankly, it's a model that needs to be extended not only in Vermont, but nationally. Can you explain that to the listener and to me, too? What's the difference between the Green Mountain Care Board and the one care Vermont. Well, the, the difference is that the Green Mountain Care Board—they're the regulators. Okay. Uh, what you have with the with One Care is it's an accountable care organization that's essentially run by UVM. But this is this is a creature of the state. When we when uh, we went out and said, "Look, this is what we want to try to do," and the whole the premise behind One Care Vermont is that it wants to get away from a, a fee-for-service program, and it wants to get into a capitated payment, basically. And this is what's interesting to me about this, because what they, what they show in this report is that if you give a fixed payment, perhaps with an incentive to a doctor, uh, what they do is that they work to reduce hospitalizations. They work to come up with preventative care ideas. Uh, and you have, and, and this is also a size, uh, you, you need people. You need participation to really make this work. And so what they found is that with Medicare uh, recipients, uh, they actually reduced the cost of health care. They reduced hospitalizations. Uh, they worked with uh, providers, and so they're, they've really uh, done well in terms of uh, health care, you know, just getting people to look ahead at their health and getting providers. You know, let, let's think about this for a second. You know, fee-for-service means that you come in and a doctor can give you every test that they want to give you, uh, and you get billed for each one of those tests when you have a capitated system you have a system that looks at this and goes guess what i'm only getting a certain amount of money so how can i make these dollars go as far as they can go and you know that was the whole premise uh of the one care system is to move is payment reform and you know because what we have does not work and one care as you alluded to does it really work if you don't get the proper buy-in to this no, it doesn't. Uh, which you ha- and that's been one of the real issues here. Uh, and this is, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, earlier in the year, you know, said that it wasn't going to participate anymore uh, with uh, One Care. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, but you know, to make it work, you have to have participation. And right now, you know, we have less than fifty percent of the providers that are actually participating in it. But think about it: if you have something like this that's working. And all of us are sitting here talking about the need for a more efficient care, lower cost care, uh, preventative care. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, it's a user-based system. So if you have fewer people using it, it's less cost. If the Green Mountain Care Board denies the hospitals their increase or gives them a significantly lower percentage, half or whatever it may be, um, what do the hospitals claim is going to happen? What and, and is and is it real? Well, I do think it's real. Uh, you know, and particularly remember that this is a really compressed time frame. So you have 
they have the hospitals coming up with to the Green Mountain Care Board saying on average, hey, you know, we need 15, 20% increase. Uh, and if they don't get it, they have to make adjustments pretty quickly. Uh, and what, and this is something that I have never understood about the healthcare system is that, the, you know, they're working on negative margins. How does a business work on a negative margin? But have so much money. Well, and, and non, that's the world of the nonprofits. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Got to be quick, though, because we're you know, getting late on time. Yeah. One, one care has resulted in a system in Vermont where if people are going to get the best care available to them, they have to go to Dartmouth. UVM is paid to not perform procedures. In my personal experience, that's what I had to do. A life-threatening issue that, I, that came up last year, UVM said, yeah, you really don't need to treat it. Um, I went to Dartmouth, and they said if you came to our hospital, you never would have left it without the operation. So that's that's just the cold hard facts. Emerson, well, and you get you know this is healthcare is a tough business right now, and you have a lot of people that are going through things like this, and you have a lot of people who are on the other end of it and who aren't. Emerson, with just a minute left, uh, could you give us a quick comment on? Franklin County, big news in Franklin County, historical news in that the legislature is doing impeachment proceedings against the sheriff, John Grismore, and the state's attorney, uh, Lavoie. Uh, they seem to be different cases, though. One won an election, uh, despite everybody seeing the video with the police, um, with the detainee where he got kicked. Give us, What do you think on that? <laughs> oh god uh good luck uh, you, you know it's just it's an unknowable at this point you obviously have behavior uh by both that are very objectionable uh you know does it extend to uh, the legislature getting involved in in impeaching both uh well that would certainly be uh, that would be another story for another time right yeah it's it's, it's, it's a big removing somebody that was duly elected uh it's a complicated process